Chronicles chapter 29, verses 10 to 13. And this is King David. Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honour come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, O God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. The Old Testament people were looking ahead to Jesus. They needed Jesus and it was their faith in him coming that was going to save them. Romans 11, chapter 33, uh, no, chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his ways and how inscrutable his ways and his judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been, given, been his counsellor or who has given him a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And our last passage comes from the last book in this um, Bible. And it's the Revelation chapter 5, verses 6 to 14. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, 
and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. I keep on forgetting to introduce Bill Bosker and I'm really pleased to fill in here for a 10-week ministry locum um, after our pastor Andrew left uh, for WA and before we have a new pastor who we keep praying for. God knows who he is. Um, We have to find that out. So um, anyway, in the meantime, I'm so glad as a member of this congregation that put filled and I'm glad to be able to help. Let's turn to the scriptures in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, which is all part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and his great teaching, teaching like no one else ever in history has preached a sermon like the Sermon on the Mount, which make up the Lord's Prayer. So let's read from Matthew chapter 6. And I'm reading from the ESV, which we tend to use here, uh, Matthew 6, and I'll begin at verse 9. Jesus is speaking, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And now I refer you to the footnote at the bottom of the page where it says, For yours uh, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray before we hear the preaching and ministry of the word. Father God in heaven, Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour, Holy Spirit, who is the author of the words that we've just read. As its author, we pray for your in-breathing spirit to make this known, uh, intelligible, uh, transferable into our hearts and minds. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you taught us to pray this prayer and all its contents to inform how we can pray and how we should pray. So please, Lord, make this a deposit in our hearts and minds now and for eternity. In your name we pray. Amen. The title of the message for this morning as we look at that second half of Matthew 6.13 is from prayer to praise. And I hope that in your mind you can keep the... the, and from Revelation 5 in your mind... Uh, If we had time, I would probably read them again in the message, but I'm going to save time by asking you to remember it. In our Lord's Prayer, Jesus is showing us how to make our God and Father in heaven our priority. It's about his name and his kingdom. and It's not about us. It's about his glory. And hopefully our prayers will begin to reflect that more and more. Last week we referred to John 17 where we saw Jesus in that high priestly prayer 
And the section we looked at last week was when Jesus prayed, not for us in the world and to be strengthened against the temptations and testing of the evil one. And so John 17 is an insight into how Jesus prays and how much he prays. And if he did that on earth, imagine his prayers now in heaven. And as I was reflecting on that, can we go back to the water one, the water drop? As, as I was reflecting on that, I thought our prayers are like little drops joined together with the massive prayers of the Lord Jesus so that our droplet prayers with Jesus' prayers becomes like a mighty river, like the Amazon flowing, but it's, it's Jesus' prayers. And then I thought of another illustration, and that is the next slide, please. So our prayer... My prayer, your prayer, is like a flower, a single flower. But when we pray together, it's like a whole paddock full of sunflowers, an amazing, massive bouquet that gives God incredible joy. And the reason why I say that is, if you remember the reading in, Matthew, in Revelation 5, verse 8, uh, remember what it says there, the four living creatures... And we understand that usually to mean all creation. And the 24 elders, which is like the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles, the church of all ages, um, they fell down before the Lamb and each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Have you thought of your prayers... Ascending into heaven, going into these golden bowls full of incense as an offering to God. Have, have you thought about that dynamic? Prayer is a droplet joining the river of Christ's prayers. Prayer is a flower, that whole bouquet. And then prayer in the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. When I was reflecting on that, my mind was just painting all these pictures about prayer. Beautiful. So do you think God wants us to pray? What do you reckon? Yes or no? Yes, of course, yes. Do you know how precious our prayers are to God? Well, they must be. They're in golden bowls full of incense. And can you imagine... The mind of God. This is where it starts to boggle the mind. Can you imagine the mind of God where he loves to accomplish his universal plans for his kingdom using our prayers? They're part of his mighty, majestic plan. So if you answered yes to any of those questions, we have good reasons to pray more often and we have good reasons to pray bigger prayers Massive, big prayers because God wants to accomplish his kingdom plans through our droplet flower prayers. And especially when we learned last week that as a Christian, we are confessing that we are soldiers of Christ as we're entering a battle zone. I have a few little sayings that I sort of run through my mind from time to time to encourage me to pray or give me... a you know, sort of the importance of prayer. And one is this one here. Seven days without prayer makes one week. 
but I spelled that week W-E-A-K. Okay, seven days without prayer makes one week. Here's another one from the Puritans. Uh, The devil trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his or her knees. The devil trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. And then Jesus' words in chapter 6, verse 33 of Matthew, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's the big thing. And all these things will be given to you as well. So a couple of quick reflections on this passage. How should the Lord's Prayer end? Anyone reading our Bible is going to say, Pastor Bill, why are you preaching from a footnote and not from the text? Anybody asking that question? Well, I want to answer that directly here. I'm sure you would have noticed that not all Bible translations use this longer ending. For example, the King James Version and the New King James have this completely in the text. If you have the New American Standard Bible, which is probably the most literal translation in the English language, it has it in the text but in brackets so that you know it belongs there, but there's a little bit of a question perhaps. NIV, which I use a lot, ESV, which we use here, has it as a footnote. So, well, one thing we can say is that the very best New Testament Greek Uh, Manuscripts don't have this longer ending. The very best ones don't have it. But there are many manuscripts that do. And we also know that from church history, the very early writings that came after the apostles, so the, the scriptures were deposited, the early Christian writings from 100 to 150 AD were gathered and they were called the Didache, which really means the teaching of the apostles. And that included the longer ending. So we can say this for sure. It was the practice of the early New Testament church in and around the lifetime of the apostles to have come out of nowhere. Because the New Testament church took over many practices of the ancient Jewish worship that was actually done in the days of Jesus in the synagogue. And so that prayer from 1 Chronicles was used in the the synagogues in Jesus' day and they ended with praise to God and then the congregation would respond together by saying Amen. And we saw from those Bible readings that comes from the Bible itself. We see it from David in 1 Chronicles 29. We see it from Paul in Romans 11 where he has explained the gospel in detail and then enters into this magnificent echo of praise. And we see it in John, who was the last apostle to die in Revelation 5, about the scene in heaven. And what's happening in heaven with these words, your power, your glory, your honour, your majesty, now and forever. Amen. So, in other words, there's plenty of biblical evidence to use the longer ending to the Lord's Prayer. And remember that Jesus is not treating us like robots, as if when you pray the Lord's Prayer, you press a button, out comes the Lord's Prayer. He is teaching us the elements of prayer, the things to include as a model for our prayer. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that this ending in praise is important for a number of reasons. 
And I'm going to whiz through them this morning, and then we'll be nearly done. So the first thing is that it keeps God at the centre. God is the beginning and the end of our prayers. Jesus teaches that, doesn't he? We end with, yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. And in the middle of it all is that big agenda item of God, the coming of his kingdom, his powerful, his glorious kingdom. Secondly, here we see that praising God is the reason for our existence. You were made for God's glory. God made all of creation, the creation that is known and the creation that is unknown, the one that we're discovering through that massive telescope out in space, which sees the universe as expanding, expanding. And so God created all of those things for his good pleasure. God didn't have to. He, our greatest fulfillment as a human being will be existing for the praise and honour and glory of God. And that's exactly what we see in Revelation 5. That's what's happening there. It's like God made us to be instruments to be played, not just sitting in those music cases. Imagine if our musicians rocked up here and had all their instruments in their cases and just stood there and left the instruments in the cases. We'd say, what? Why aren't you using the instrument to make a joyful sound? So um, instruments were not made to be kept in their containers. Made. We're meant to make music. We're meant to write songs. We're meant to use words. We go from prayer to praise. And I, I wonder if that's a little sort of organic comment in that Revelation 5 passage where it says that each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And then Revelation says they were singing a new song, a song full of praise. So there's not one word in the Bible that is there by chance. The harp and the golden bowls full of incense has got a lot of theology about prayer and praise. A third reason is the more we focus on God's power and glory, the more we are inspired to live for our creator. We can do more good and it does us more good to think about God more than anything else. God needs to be in everything we think, say, and do. It's a bit like people who uh, like to climb mountains. When you climb a mountain, eventually it starts to be hard going. You're trying to walk up this big mountain, and if you can see the peak, you can see where you want to go, and you keep on walking. But it's a very interesting observed truth in mountain climbing that if you are climbing a mountain and the peak is clouded over and out of view, it's easy to become down in spirit. But then when the cloud lifts and you can see the top of the mountain, it inspires you to keep on going. 
And so that's what we mean by focusing more on God and his power and glory as the peak allows us to be inspired more to live for him. A fourth reason is that this ending helps us focus not on the gifts but on the giver. And I say this because we can be stuck in some of the contents of the Lord's Prayer more than the other things. For example, as we pray the Lord's Prayer, we remember our needs, we pray for our daily bread, we pray for forgiveness of sins, we pray for strength to face temptation, and a lot of our prayers can be a lot about us. And so this ending, by anchoring the Lord's Prayer in praise of God the Father and his coming kingdom, we end up focusing more on the giver rather than the gifts, which is much healthier. And it cultivates in us a relationship between us and the giver that God desires. We are his, and he actually is ours. He is the king, and we belong to him, even as sons and daughters. And so I ask a question this morning. We've got lots of friends and visitors here. Do you have such a personal relationship with God that you can speak to him and address him as a father, as a child of God? We just saw three young men whom God has said, now is the day for you to stand up. And they did. And if you haven't got that relationship with God, please talk to us about it. We'd love to see you join those people to make Christ your king. And lastly, in this section, as we enlarge our view of God and make him great, we actually awe of him. Because we appreciate his mercy in Jesus more. We acknowledge the glory of the cross. We marvel at the power of the resurrection and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we glorify God and enjoy him forever. No wonder when you're actually happening in heaven. Eugene Peterson, the one who wrote the message, a paraphrase of scripture, he tries to capture this ending using these words. He says, you're in charge, Lord. You can do anything you want. You're a blazing glory. Yes, yes, yes. Praying our Lord's Prayer brings us close to God. And it's not so much that we're drawing near to God. It's more that the Holy Spirit is working in us to want to pray. And so the Holy Spirit is actually bringing God closer to us. Something that is beautifully intimate between a father and his children And we can do that, our Abba Father, as sons and daughters. And we know that it's through Jesus, our great high priest, who through his spirit ushers us into the throne room of God. I don't know if you imagine that when you pray, that you can be ushered in to the throne room of God. You know, to see the prime minister, you have to make an appointment with his secretary, and it might be three months down the road, and then you might get to see him. When it comes to God, 
You just pray, and the Holy Spirit ushers you into the throne room of God. That is magnificent. And so it's with thankfulness and expectancy we pray our prayers in Jesus' name. And this ending, for the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours now and forever, is a glad confession that we make that God is in charge. And by saying God is in charge, we also admit that we aren't. And that's a good thing. Certainly a good thing for you that I'm not in charge. And maybe for us that you're not in charge of me either. God is. So when it comes to the kingdom, God's rule, God's authority, controlling all things, establishing a new world order, we're praying that this kingdom may come. When it comes to the power, the power is the power of the cross because Christ has blown apart the kingdom of the evil one. Death has been conquered. God is the winner. And when it comes to the glory, the glory of God is so brilliant that no human being can see God face to face. He's too radiant. He would burn us up. But one day we'll share his glory when it's reflected in us and through us. And those who have died in Christ already see that glory that John describes in Revelation. And it is to this Father God Almighty that we address our prayers. What a privilege. It's one little word. And we just translate it as it is in the Hebrew and Aramaic. Amen. Small word, full of meaning. Literally, it's a declaration that something is true, something is reliable, something is certain. And we see how the scripture, Revelation 22, verses 20 to 21. Look at how the Amen comes in. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. See, it's a little word, but it punctuates the certainty and the reliability of what's been said. And so, universally, God's people have used the Amen as a response to what God declares, or our prayers as well, as a, a trust and obedience. We will do as God says he will do. His promises are true. And God deserves our praise as we look forward to his care and providence, our daily bread and everything else that matters. And God deserves our worship because of what he's achieved in Christ. And so as we conclude the Lord's Prayer, number eight in this series, in praying those first three petitions, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, those three petitions, we saw that Jesus is teaching us to declare war on Satan. Because when we pray those things, we're praying for the things that Satan hates. We're praying for God's honour, God's kingdom, and everything to conform to his will. And now, in this doxology, we are proclaiming that God is in charge. And to that, I think we can all say, Amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen. I don't even hear many amens. Amen. Man, if your food depended on it, you'd say it more, wouldn't you? Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, join in praying this Lord's Prayer together. We've been studying it, and it should be up on the screen uh, for us to pray together. Let's bow our heads, uh, although you've got to keep your eyes open. Um, yeah. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Amen. Okay, we are going to um, have our offerings as the music ministry team gets up there. And today we're giving to the work of the